Hey everyone, it's George from Blockchain DXP. You're listening to Crypto and Coffee at 8. Now, how Crypto and Coffee at 8 works is Monday to Thursdays, 8 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. We cover top news and information related to Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain and cryptocurrencies. We also follow two news and information related to Dubai, UAE and Middle East in the world of Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain and cryptocurrencies. Now this is followed by an Ask Me Anything series, where you listeners can ask any questions about Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain and cryptocurrencies. So let's kick this thing off. Hey everyone, it's George from Blockchain DXV and today is the 20th of September 2021. We're nearly towards the end of September. Historically, September has been the start of the bull market. So let's see how 21 turns out to be. Today we're going to be looking at the cryptocurrency market. Surprisingly, the stable coins and in particular the volume of Tether USDT has gone down a lot. The market price of Bitcoin is holding around the $47,000 mark. We will also discuss Celsius, which is a crypto lending platform, which faces some regulatory hurdles, similar to what BlockFi faced a couple of months ago. And Coinbase is also in some massive partnership with the US government bodies. If you are a SOC fan, we are going to be discussing Jose Moreno, a legendary coach, has also gotten into the NFT game. Now, talking about UAE, I'm going to be discussing two news, that is, Zenic Technologies Limited will launch a tokenization platform tomorrow, that is the 21st of September, and they're doing it posh. They have an event at the Armani Hotel, which is at Burj Khalifa. So I'll be discussing that in detail. And the second news is about Blockchain DXP. I have an event on the 7th of October 2021, where I do a pastel art analysis on Bitcoin, that is political, economical, social, technological, legal, environmental, and religious analysis on Bitcoin. Later on today, we also have the Ask Me Anything series where your listeners can ask any questions about Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, and cryptocurrencies. So welcome guys, it's 18 here in Dubai, and you're listening to Crypto and Coffee at 8, where we cover families and information pertaining to Bitcoin, blockchain, Beyond blockchain and cryptocurrencies have the series of episodes under Crypto and Coffee at 8 works is we usually cover three news and information pertaining to the price of cryptocurrencies and some major breaking news or shortage suite news. The other two news and information is related to Dubai, UAE and Middle East to the world of Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain and cryptocurrencies. This is followed by an Ask Me Anything series where your listeners can ask absolutely any questions regarding Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, or cryptocurrencies. So, let's kick this thing off. Welcome everyone, today is the 20th of September 2021, and the market does not look as bullish as the previous week, and going back to April, 
The market looks terrible in comparison to April. Now, the global crypto market is at $2.09 trillion, a 2.33 increase over the last 24 hours. The total crypto market volume has also gone down a lot, and the crypto market volume since the last 24 hours is only at 83 dollars billion dollars now last week it was hovering around the 113 billion dollar mark however since the last 24 hours it is down by 5.12 percent the total volume of DeFi is currently at 13 billion dollars DeFi accounts for 15.54 percent of the total crypto market 24 hour volume and something which i talked about last week as well was that because of the nft news news regarding DeFi is not being talked about quite a lot when i tend to do my research all the news i usually find is either about bitcoin or it is about celebrities endorsing nfts DeFi, that is decentralized finance is definitely here to stay something which i covered a few weeks ago was that DeFi had reached a new master i believe roughly 180 billion dollars worth of DeFi is locked up so DeFi and nfts are definitely here mm -hmm. to stay now the volume of stable coins is surprisingly low usually what happens is when the cryptocurrency market tends to fall down the volume of stable coins tend to increase now the volume of stable coins now is at 63.58 billion dollars now tfi accounts for 75.99 percent of the total crypto market 24 hour volume king of all kings bitcoin the price of bitcoin does not look good it is currently at 47,205 dollars now to be honest the price of bitcoin at 47,205 dollars is absolutely great but in terms of speculation, in terms of what we've been listening to on social media, ideally you'd be expecting the price of Bitcoin to have surpassed the $50,000 mark. Now, since the last seven days, the price of Bitcoin is up by 4.55%. However, since the last 24 hours, it is down by minus 1.34%. So is Ethereum. The current price of Ethereum is $3,308. Now, Ethereum is down by 3.04% and over a period of 7 days, Ethereum is down by 0.68%. What is really surprising is that the price of Cardano hasn't moved quite a lot. We were expecting the price of Cardano to probably reach around $6 ever since they had the Alonso trade on the 12th of September. There were anticipations that Cardano would actually bump up the cryptocurrency market. But... Ever since that day, the price of Cardano seems to be falling down and it is currently at $2.25. Ever since the upgrade, the price of Cardano has been falling down and since the last seven days, Cardano is down by 8.75% and since the last 24 hours, it is down by 4.48%. So the price of cryptocurrency seems to be down. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to be quickly exploring what is going on in the cryptocurrency market. Now historically, September is a much better month for Bitcoin in terms of price. Currently, the market cap Bitcoin is holding around the $900 billion mark. If you were to compare this, let's say, with April, the market cap of Bitcoin alone was $1.2 trillion mark. Now, what I did earlier today was that Glassnode 
and Will Clement, who I believe works for Block Resolution. They had a one-hour video explaining the technical details what they do is they do on-chain analysis. Now, during the on-chain analysis, they found out that a lot of the old Bitcoiners were selling only a part of their Bitcoin. So let's say some had 500 Bitcoins, they were selling, let's say, one or two Bitcoins. So if you look at the technical chart, it does show that a lot of old Bitcoins have been moved, but it's only a fraction of the Bitcoin that has been moved. So go to my LinkedIn profile, you would see the link for the video. It's over an hour long, definitely worth listening to. Now, what's really surprising is that usually what happens is when the price of cryptocurrencies tend to fall down, people switch to stable coins. They try to buy more stable coins and do transactions with stable coins. This time, however, the volume of stable coins is only at $63.58 billion. That is ridiculously less. Only the volume of Tether was at $174 billion. Now, today, the volume of all stable coins is at $63.58 billion. So something does not seem to be right. Now talking about El Salvador, since Bitcoin became legal tender in El Salvador, over 1.1 million citizens have registered for the Chiba wallet. Now this has happened only in 10 days. President Naib Bukele used Twitter to share the news. Now currently over 17% of El Salvadorans have downloaded the wallet. It's absolutely worth reading through the article that is published via News BTC. Now, News BTC has taken the link from investing.com. So, go to my LinkedIn profile, you'll see both the list, both the articles there. Now, they have published some really interesting information. They also mentioned about El Salvador's the increase in the rise of ATMs. And as we speak, currently, El Salvador has the third highest global ATM installations across the entire world. Now, that is definitely quite an achievement. Something which I talked about yesterday is that in case you still have any misconceptions about uh, is Bitcoin becoming a legal tender, a good move for El Salvador and for Bitcoin, what I would recommend you to do is Peter McCormack from The What Bitcoin Did has a fantastic podcast with the president of El Salvador, that is Naib Bukele, where they discuss the entire operations of making Bitcoin a legal tender, definitely a must listen to. He explains three articles, that is Article 7, Article 8 and Article 12, something which I have covered in the past as well. So I would recommend you to go and listen to it once again. Now talking about some DeFi views, crypto lending platform Celsius seems to be in a bit of trouble with regulations. Crypto lending platform Celsius recently reached 1 million users. They are currently facing some regulatory hurdles. Alex Mashinki, who is the CEO and one of the OGs of VoIP, that is Voice or the Internet Protocol, shared his disappointment via Twitter with regulations, particularly in the state of Texas, New Jersey and Alabama. Block 5, if you remember, had faced a similar hurdles, I believe roughly two or three months ago. We had discussed in detail two months ago on what Block 5 had faced. Looks like Celsius is facing a similar hurdle. Now what I'm going to be doing is on the 7th of October, I have a session called as Pestle R Analysis on Bitcoin, that is political, environmental, 
social, technological, legal, environmental, and religious factors governing Bitcoin. And in the legal session, I'm definitely be covering Celsius, BlockFi, and even Coinbase on how they're facing regulatory hurdles with this. Now, we will discuss that in detail. As part of reaching 1 million users, Celsius did announce a 21 million Satoshi giveaway. So go through that blog and see how you can actually go and participate. Some really interesting ways on how you can go and be part of the 21 million Satoshi giveaway. Moving on to next news, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security signs a $1.36 million contract with Coinbase. Now, this contract with Coinbase and the U.S. government is 40 times bigger than its previous deal with U.S. government agencies. Now, what Coinbase essentially will do is it will provide the immigration and customs enforcement branch with blockchain analytics software. So, go to my LinkedIn profile. Definitely good news for Coinbase. Now, in the past, Coinbase also had a partnership with ICE, that is U.S. Immigration and Custom Enforcement, and I believe they were paid roughly around $29,000 for the forensics software. So blockchain can be used for government purposes as well. So definitely a great use case where Coinbase has been involved. I'm not entirely sure what kind of blockchain software are they providing, but definitely a good deal for Coinbase. If you are a soccer fan, Jose Mourinho, who's the head coach of AS Roma, has partnered with MasterCard UK for the first ever NFT giveaway, an animated digital football with Jose Mourinho's signature will be on one of the panels. Now, how this works is one lucky MasterCard holder in the United Kingdom will be randomly selected to win the NFT. So go to my LinkedIn profile, you will see the official release and how you can also go and participate in that. Definitely a great, great, great stuff. And this is where NFTs and football merges together. Now talking about NFT cars, I saw a news earlier today talking about NFT in a decentralized platform. Currently, we have centralized platforms or marketplaces like OpenSea, Rarible, and Mintable. What if there is a market platform which is completely decentralized. I'm going to be discussing that detail hopefully in the next couple of days. Now guys, we're going to move on to the next news about UAE. But before that, I'd like to talk about an event which takes place from the 13th to the 14th of October. That event is called as Future Innovation Summit. Now, in case if you guys are in Dubai, if you are a startup, I would definitely recommend you guys to go ahead and attend this particular event. Now, this event called as Future Innovation Summit kicks off on the 13th till the 14th of October. It's called as Future Innovation Summit Dubai. The Future Innovation Summit is the leading government conference organized under the patronage of the private office of Sheikh Sakir bin Mohammed al Sakimi. Now, in case if you are a startup, I would definitely recommend you to go ahead and participate in this particular event because it is a unique platform for organizations, businesses, and individuals alike to share their expertise, knowledge, technologies, and lay foundations for future vision and innovation of the world. There will be leading international speakers 
who will share the ideas and visions on how we can collaborate and improve the life of humankind. The Future of Innovation Summits presents you with one-of-a-kind opportunity to extend the network in your spheres of interest. Now, if you are a startup, there are two options. Essentially, you can either put up a startup pitch or you can put up a startup stand. If you were to put up a startup pitch, you are eligible for a prize of 1.5 million dirhams. The second prize is 1 million dirhams and the third prize is 700 dirhams. Now, in case you want to set it up, drop me an email to info at blockchaindxb.com. Alternatively, you can also have a startup stand. Now, with startup stand, you will not be available for the prize money. But if you are interested, drop me an email to info at blockchaindxb.com. Now, the reason why I would like to recommend this particular event is because there would be international speakers, key decision makers from government and international people. So in case if you're a startup, you definitely need to showcase your particular project. This will actually be an ideal platform. And moving on to news about United Arab Emirates. One news that I talked about is about Zenic Technologies Limited. I had covered about Zenic Technologies Limited on the 20th of July. So there is an update. Now, Zenic platform is called as Zenic Technologies Limited. And it is a limited liable company in DIFC free zone. That is Dubai International Finance Center free zone. And the website is zenic.com. That's Z for zebra, E for elephant, N for November, I for India, and Q for Quebec. And the managing directors, they seem to be from Germany. That is Irvin Doctor and Michael Offner. Both of them seem to be from Germany. So in case you want to find out more, go to my LinkedIn profile, read through the article that I published on the 20th of July. And this is an updated version of it. So, Members of the public will be invited to view the first time a unique show of digital artwork displayed on world's largest facade screen on Burj Khalifa. This is going to take place on the 21st of September. That is tomorrow. Now, what is Zenic? It is an establishment of non-fungible token, that is NFTs. It will provide trading platforms for real estate gold and precious metals, gemstones and digital art. So the launch will essentially take place on the 21st of September and is called as the future of digital assets. They have a conference at the Armani Hotel in the Burj Khalifa under the patronage of Sheikh Saeed bin Hashir Al Maktoum, who is also the chairman of Zenic Technologies. Zenic Technologies is built on Ethereum blockchain, a unique ecosystem to its customers which will connect your crypto wallet to an IBAN account in a completely seamless way. If you go through the website, you will see that they are connected with an exchange and they also have an app, they have a hub, they have a coin, and they also have minting. Now, mining is different to minting. So go to their website and you'll find loads of information. Now, the next news that I'm really excited to talk about is about testing our analysis on bitcoins so what i'm going to be doing is i'm going to be doing analysis of bitcoin on political economical social technological legal environmental and religious factors that are 
affecting Bitcoin. Now, this is an online event completely free of cost on the 7th of October. It kicks off from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Gulf Standard Time. In case you want to register, you can go to eventbrite.com and just type in blockchain DXV or you could go to my website that is www.blockchaindxv.com or you can also drop me an email to info at blockchaindxv.com Now what best in our analysis is, it is a tool used to gain a macro picture of an industry environment. As I mentioned, PESTL stands for political, economical, social, technological, legal and environmental factors but i have also added religious is bitcoin sharia compliance i'm going to be talking those details as well now what best of our analysis does is it allows a company to form an impression of the factors that might impact a new business or any industry so in that session we break down elements of bitcoin at a macro level to understand its impact we will discuss each area in detail and move to get a better understanding of Bitcoin. So what I will be doing is when we talk about politics, I'm going to be discussing is Bitcoin apolitical? Now Bitcoin, remember, started as a movement to its separation of money and the state. Does politics and politicians impact Bitcoin? This is something which I've covered quite a lot in the past. And do right wing or left wing politicians support Bitcoin? If you are in the UK, uh, Labour Party or Conservatives in favour of Bitcoin. So we'll be exploring those things in details. When you talk about the economical factors, is Bitcoin the biggest global wealth redistribution? And can Bitcoin change the dynamics of money? So we will discuss things like the inflation, the exchange rate and many more. And uh, is Bitcoin sound money and what about ethereum now there is a really good interview by catherine wood who was also talking about you know ethereum slowly to be treated as currency and when we talk about the social factors we will look at the social impact of bitcoin and blockchain for generations to come and bitcoin's usage in the first world country versus underdeveloped country and are millennials the one who are actually buying bitcoin or are Boomers, the one who are using Bitcoin. And then we talk about the technology of Bitcoin, which, to be honest, is quite complicated. We will talk about user experience of Bitcoin, the different forms of Bitcoin, and a couple of updates which are taking place in Bitcoin. So there are two updates that is Taproot and Snow Signature. I won't go into the technical details, but I'll just briefly explain what Taproot and Snow Signature does and the economies of scale for setting up mining operations for Bitcoin. And the biggest question moving into the next section that is legal areas of Bitcoin. Is Bitcoin legal? Where does governance, regulation and legislations of Bitcoin fit in? What can governments do to support innovation and Bitcoin adoption? And we'll also be looking at environmental factors. Elon Musk talked a lot about the Bitcoin mining. So we're going to explore Bitcoin mining energy consumption. We look at the past, the current and the future state of the environmental impact of Bitcoin. The last thing is religious factors and this is something which I'm particularly intrigued about. And we're going to discuss if Bitcoin is Sharia compliant and what are the religious factors 
and commonality in Bitcoin. How is Bitcoin seen in the Middle East and more? Please sign up for that event. It's completely free, of course. The event will be live on the 7th of October from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. So that's all for today, guys, from the Crypto and Coffee at 8 from Blockchain DXP. In case if you guys have any feedback or suggestions, drop me an email to info at blockchaindxp.com. You can also check my website, that is www.blockchaindxp.com. If you like listening to this, please follow this podcast, click on the follow and share the word across. Now for the next 30 minutes, it's going to be an Ask Me Anything series where your listeners can ask any questions about Bitcoin, blockchain, pure blockchain and cryptocurrencies. So, let's get started. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hey everyone, it's George from Blockchain DXP and you're listening to the Ask Me Anything series where your listeners can ask any questions about Bitcoin blockchain, pure blockchain and cryptocurrencies works is Monday to Thursdays, 8 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. We have crypto and coffee at 8, where we cover top news and information in the world of Bitcoin, blockchain, pure blockchain and cryptocurrencies. This is followed by an Ask Me Anything series, where you listeners can ask any questions about Bitcoin, blockchain, pure blockchain and cryptocurrencies. Now, I have a first question from Jonathan from I have a first question from Jonathan via Facebook who has asked if crypto lending platform is a good idea. Fantastic question, Jonathan. Uh, now, Jonathan, firstly, this is not a financial advice. And to answer your question, is crypto lending platform a good idea? Remember, Jonathan, not your keys, not your crypto. What happens is in crypto lending platform, you are giving away your Bitcoin to a lending platform. So that particular platform is legally the owner of your cryptocurrencies. Again, this is not a financial advice, but a couple of these lending platforms, they do provide you with quite a lot of interest. Now, I believe Celsius offers around 6 to 8% worth of interest. BlockFi used to offer something over 8% interest. So to answer your question, this is not a financial advice. Personally, I do not put my funds in crypto lending platform. The reason being, what if the crypto lending platform gets hacked? What if it gets stolen? Worst, what if the crypto lending platform decides to close down and completely disappears? There, at the same time, there are quite a lot of people who have been benefited by it as well. Now, Peter McCormack, uh, he often says that, you know, his sponsor, or rather his previous sponsor, BlockFi, uh, he had earned around one Bitcoin just by offering them, uh, lending him then, then his Bitcoin. So if you talk about one Bitcoin, which is at $47,000, imagine getting $47,000 in a period of two years. So, you know, it is definitely a good investment. Personally, I wouldn't get through it. The other drawback with crypto lending platform is usually when you lend it, what happens if the price goes high? Let's say right now it is $47,000. I decide to lend my Bitcoin and the price goes up to, let's say, $100,000. I cannot go ahead and sell it. So that is a massive drawback. At the same time, you know, you're taking a hit on the interest that you provide. So it's your own individual call. 
something which I discussed earlier as well, there are chances that they would face some regulatory hurdles. And Celsius is currently facing regulatory hurdles. And BlockFi had faced a similar hurdle a couple of months ago. Coinbase is also currently, as we speak, facing a regulatory hurdle. But Coinbase's case is different because they haven't launched it. They initially went ahead and approached the SEC and discussed the details. And SEC directly told them no. But Coinbase still went ahead and released information about the lending protocol that they wanted to service to its customers. So to answer your question, personally, I would not be investing in a crypto lending platform. Again, this is not a financial advice. Another thing what happened was that BlockFi, which was also a crypto lending platform, they had a breach. Now, the breach was with the mailing address for its customers. So, you know, that is also a massive, massive security concern when you talk about crypto lending platform. It may not directly be with your actual cryptocurrencies, but let's say, you know, your personal information, let's say your, uh, your email addresses, your residential address, your mailing address, everything is at stake. So that's my take on that. I have another question by Jane who has asked, how is Ethereum different to Bitcoin? Now, fantastic question, Jane. Now, what I do is, you know, I do have sessions which are completely free of cost via Eventbrite. I tend to do it every month. In that event, I explain how is Ethereum different to Bitcoin. I also talk about if Ethereum will in the near future overtake Bitcoin. And Jane also had a follow-up question. Will Ethereum overtake Bitcoin? That's exactly Jane, you know, what we talk about is you know, will Ethereum overtake Bitcoin? Now, what I do is in that session, I explain the key difference between Ethereum and Bitcoin. To give you a quick explanation, in case of Bitcoin, Alice, for instance, wants to send Bitcoin to Bob. It's, there is it is completely peer-to-peer. -peer. There is no central person or middle person involved. The same thing with Ethereum is that in case Alice wants to send insurance, NFTs, trades, shares, smart contract to Bob, all these things are also possible. Again, okay, it is peer-to-peer, -peer, no central or middle person involved. Now, in Ethereum, there are also dApps, which is decentralized apps which are built. You also have DeFi, which is an entire industry altogether. You also have DEX, which is decentralized exchanges. So how is Ethereum different to Bitcoin? In case of Bitcoin, you can only transfer Bitcoin. But in case of Ethereum, you can also have insurance protocols being built. You can have NFTs, you can have trades, you can have shares, you can have smart contracts, the public industries which are built on Ethereum, that is DeFi, you have that, you have that, you also have smart contract. Now the key difference is that Bitcoin, the mining protocol is proof of work and Ethereum will be proof of stake in the near future. And uh, the one key difference that I would like people to know is that the biggest difference is the supply of Bitcoin is fixed, there will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin, but in case of Ethereum, the supply is unlimited. But in order to combat that unlimited supply, they have the London fog, which happened on the 5th of August, and they have five updates in that London fog. One of them was EIP-1559, so what EIP-1559 does is gradually reduces 
the supply of Ethereum. So that is one of the biggest takeaways chain between Bitcoin and Ethereum. And apart from that, you know, will Ethereum overtake Bitcoin? I'm really not sure, to be honest, in terms of the market cap, I definitely see Ethereum overtaking Bitcoin. And according to me, it might happen in less than 18 months to one year. But in terms of price, I definitely don't think that Ethereum will ever overtake Bitcoin. Because yes, Bitcoin has a very strong base. A lot of Bitcoin weights tend to manipulate the market. The same is true with Ethereum as well. But because the circulating supply is unlimited, that's one of the reasons why it is not likely possible. I have Karen who asked, can you share some NFT marketplace? Karen, what I would recommend you to do is, I have on deck one of the OGs in the YouTube space had published an article on his website called as ToshiTimes.com. So his website was called as ToshiTimes.com. He shared quite a lot of interesting websites. So he had published quite a lot of our websites explaining the different marketplaces. So I would recommend you to go and read through that article. But what I'll do is I'll just read through some of the names. Rarible is one of the most popular NFT marketplaces to emerge in 2020. Now, Rarible has seen a lot of success in the last couple of months. It was also designed as the world's first community-owned NFT marketplace with ERC20, and the token was called as Rarible Token. But the biggest of them all is OpenSea. OpenSea is the largest and the longest-standing NFT marketplace, and it dates back to 2017. OpenSea offers all different kinds of NFT tokens. You can find domain names, you can find arts, you can find collectibles, gaming items, and quite a lot of things. And OpenSea is definitely one of the biggest ones. There is also another one called as the Sandbox. The Sandbox is one of the most popular decentralized virtual reality platforms in crypto. So you know, look at the Sandbox as well. The other one is Axie Infinity. The Axie Infinity Marketplace is home to Axie creatures and there have been quite a lot of buzz about Axie Infinity, particularly people in the Philippines are making a living using Axie Infinity. Speaking of Bitcoin, the Bitcoin our podcast focused only on Bitcoin. I've also talked a lot about Axie Infinity. There is also Bakery Swap. One of the most innovative aspects of Bakery Swap protocol is how the project created the first NFT supermarkets on Binance Smart Chain. You look at Bakery Swap as well. And you also have Pancake Swap with a similar interface and user experience of Bakery Swap and Uniswap. Pancake Swap is an all-in-one DeFi suit. The Pancake Swap features services along with an NFT marketplace. Pancake Swap non-fungible tokens are currently limited rather sweet bunny characters and definitely going to research more about that the other interesting one is soluble now soluble is the recent nft marketplace created on the solana blockchain so you know quite a lot of different blockchain protocols are currently taking place one thing which i was discussing earlier today karen is that you know i was talking about if ever there will be decentralized marketplace and that is something which i was researching earlier the centralized metaverse is a term used to describe the dominant model of virtual worlds that was developed by companies like linden lab 
decentralized metaverse has been around for over 20 years and is becoming part of people's lives. So it looks like we might have something called as a decentralized marketplace. Facebook is also planning to do something on NFTs. We will be interested in what Facebook comes up with. But I would recommend you to do is listen to David Marcus's interview with the Bomb podcast and discuss quite a lot about NFTs. And it will be really interesting you know, Facebook can actually implement NFTs. What Facebook is planning to do is they want to have a, a wallet called Novi Wallet. And through that, you might be in a position you know, to buy, sell, and trade NFTs. So that's all for today, guys, from the Ask Me Anything series. Remember, Monday to Thursdays, 8 a.m. to 8.30 a.m., we have crypto and coffee at 8, where we talk about news in the world of Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, and cryptocurrencies. This is followed by an Ask Me Anything series, where you listeners can ask any questions Monday to Thursdays, 8.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. at Standard Time. So thanks so much for listening, guys, and have a great one. Bye-bye.